before I start today, I wonder, have you ever watched a movie or maybe a TV series or a series on Netflix, but you watch the movie and you get to the end, you're quite invested in it, you get to the end and you're not quite sure what happened? And, and you wonder whether you missed some key point at the beginning of the story or whether maybe you dozed off some way and you missed something very important. There was a movie out a while back now called Inception and uh, when it came out there was lots and lots of talk about what was it about and what happened in the end. Um, and, you know, people would, would talk about what they thought it was and their different interpretations and argue about it. And, of course, some movies are meant to be ambiguous. They're meant to sort of get you thinking. And sometimes in the end, you know, you don't know if the hero died or whether he just made it in the nick of time. But I want you to think about what do you do when a movie is like that, when you get to the end and you're not sure what happened? Do you just accept it and think, well, that's what the movie was like and just move on? Or are you curious about it? Do you talk to your friends? Do you look up maybe on the internet what the writer and the director said about it? How curious are you to, to follow up a story that you feel is a bit unfinished? And I guess it depends on the movie to some extent, but this is relevant for what we're reading in Mark's Gospel today. And for the last few weeks, we've been taking a journey through the gospel written by Mark. Now, Mark spent some time with Jesus. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane when, Je when Jesus was arrested. And he became a missionary with Barnabas and Paul. But most of the gospel is based on the talks that, that Mark had with Peter, Peter's eyewitness accounts of Jesus through the whole three years of his ministry here on earth. And Mark's gospel, it's fast-paced. He says, and this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And he doesn't spend a lot of time explaining uh, the things that Jesus did or commenting on his teaching. He simply prevents, presents the facts of who Jesus was, what he did, and what he said. And so today we're looking at three parables in chapter 4 of Mark. The parable of the sower the parable of the lamp on a stand and the parable of the growing seed. And we're also going to look at some of the interesting things that Jesus said about parables. So let's begin by looking at why Jesus spoke in parables. Now, a parable is a story that you can relate to easily. It's something from everyday life. But in the Bible, when there's a parable, there's a hidden meaning. There's a heavenly a meaning, uh, an understanding of the spiritual realm, something about God and his love for us within that little story. So it's, a, it's an idea or an image. It's easy to remember. It's simple. And yet it contains something quite profound, a divine truth that we need to know about. So a parable is a simple story with a profound message. And Jesus would often refer to everyday items like um, salt or bread or gates or sheep. He used things that are very familiar to us to tell us a deep truth about God and the kingdom of God. 
So in this reading today, we see that Jesus shared the parable with the whole crowd. Now, people came around, came to hear him from all around because in those days there wasn't much entertainment. And the news of somebody who was walking around healing people with leprosy, healing paralytics, uh, teaching the word of God and casting out evil spirits, this was big news. And so people were, were curious and they'd come and they'd listen to what Jesus had to say. And he shares with them the parable and he says, he who has ears, let him hear. It's an invitation to hear what God is saying to them. And then later when he was alone with the disciples and the others around him, he said, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. Now, this might seem like Jesus is setting up an us and them situation. For the people who are in the know, they get to understand what the parable is about. But for those on the outside, they don't get the understanding of the parable. And so it can read to us like Jesus is being exclusionary but that is not how it is at all. Imagine for a moment that you've got a really important job that you need to do, an important task. Maybe it's something that you're working on at work and you're going to possibly get a promotion from it. Or maybe it's something that you're preparing for your family, a party or a surprise or, or something that's going to be very important to that particular person. Or maybe it's a project that you're doing in the community and it's really something from your heart and, and you, you, you want it to really benefit a lot of people. But you can't do it by yourself. You need help. And fortunately, there are two people who are willing to help you. Now, one person's very competent and they're also reliable. You know that in the past they've helped you and it's been a good experience for you. The other person is also competent, but in the past, They've let you down. They've got distracted with other things and they haven't really been there for you when you've needed them. So who are you going to choose to help you on this important project? I think because it's important to you, you're going to pick the person who's reliable, the one you can trust, the one who you know is going to be there with you. And this is a similar situation to the situation with the parables and the crowd. Because many of the people who came to the lake that day, they were just there to see what all the fuss was about. They heard the parable, they didn't understand it, and they just left. They weren't interested to find out what the parable, parable was about. So it's a bit like that movie understanding that you didn't get the end. They didn't care about it, they just walked away. But for those who were interested, for those whose curiosity was sparked by what Jesus said, they were given the understanding of the parable. And you'll note in the passage in verse 10 that it's not just the disciples who received the explanation. There were others around as well. They were the people who came in the crowd and then were motivated to find out what more Jesus was talking about when he spoke in the parable. So the parables were just for bystanders, 
just for people who came to see what all the fuss was about but who weren't really interested in the kingdom of God. They were just spectators. And this is really important for us to understand. Being a bystander or an onlooker or a spectator is no way into the kingdom of God. God wants us to lean into him. God wants us to want to know more about him. He wants us to want to understand his ways. And when we do that, when we take that step, he will explain to us and show us his ways, his works and his words. When I was a young Christian, I was really hungry to know the word of God and I would read the Old Testament and the New Testament and, of course, in doing that, I came up to passages that I found hard to understand. Some of them were hard to understand and some of them were hard to reconcile with the God of love that I had encountered. And a minister at the time said to me, just put those passages on the back burner. Now, what he meant, meant was, like if you're cooking something, you just put it on the back burner, you leave it to simmer, you don't keep stirring it, you don't keep lifting the lid, you just let the flavours develop. And what he was saying was, just continue to walk with God. Don't, don't put those concerns you have aside. Don't pretend that they don't exist, but just keep walking with God. And as you walk with God, you will find that it will become clearer to you. And I found that to be true. The passages that I found a bit hard to understand when I was a young Christian, as I've walked with God and I've lived my life with him, I get to understand a bit more of the subtlety of who God is, of his character and what he's talking about in some of those passages that seem hard. And this is the desire of God, that we lean into him, that we trust him, that we walk with him. And this is very much what these three parables are all about. So the first parable in Mark 4, 1 to 20, which Kimberly read for us, is the parable of the sower. And you're probably very familiar with this. But let's see if God can give us fresh eyes to uh, really appreciate the depth of what he's saying to us today. So it's the story of a farmer who goes out to sow his seed. Now, that's a common activity in the times of Jesus, but it's not unfamiliar to us. I mean, farming today in Australia is very, very widespread, like it's done on a wide scale and it's machine-oriented, but we understand the idea of somebody throwing seed out. And some of that seed falls on a path and the birds come and snatch it away. And if you've ever had fish and chips on the beach, you know that you know, no stray chip has got a chance against a seagull. And some of the seed falls on rocky ground. And that doesn't have much depth of soil. And so when it grows up and the sun comes out, the plant is scorched and it withers because it had no root to sustain it. And some seed falls on thorns and it grows up and when it, when it gets taller, it's choked by the weeds and it has no chance to produce any grain. And lastly, there's some seed that falls on good soil. Soil that is deep enough, soil that is free from rocks, soil that is free from weeds 
and it grows up and it produces a harvest many times, many times the size of that little seed. Now you can read this parable as if the sower is someone sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and they, they share it amongst all the people. Some people uh, accept it and some people don't. And it's, it's an interpretation that I've heard to encourage us to keep sharing the word of God even if we don't see any results. But if we look at the context where Jesus has just said, if you remember from last week, he's just said that the family, that his family is the ones who do the will of God, not necessarily his biological family. Because many people were hearing what Jesus was saying, but in comparison, not a lot of people were responding. And if we compare the parable of the sower and the parable of the weeds in Matthew, which is in Matthew 13, 36 to 43, then the one who sows, the farmer, is Jesus. So in this parable, it's more likely that the farmer is Jesus, the seed is the word of God, and the soil is us. So Jesus was sharing the word of God everywhere. He was extravagant. He wasn't just picking good soil and sharing it with them. He was throwing that seed out everywhere. Everyone was invited to accept the seed, the word of God. And this aligns so beautifully with the teaching of the abundance of God. He's not judging or prejudiced. He just gives the word of God out freely to anyone who's willing to accept it. And so the lesson in this parable is for us to be receptive, to be good soil. We're not the sower, we're not the seed, we're the soil. And it's a challenge for us to accept the invitation of life with Jesus. Now, this is a very simple, very understandable story and it's easy to remember and yet it's very rich in what it's saying to us and it is a challenge to us because what is your response to God? How do you respond to Jesus? Are you interested in finding out more? Are you inquisitive about Jesus and what he did? Or do you hear the word of God and it like just slips off you like your Teflon? Does it go in one ear and out the other? It doesn't have any impact on you at all. Or have you responded to the word of God, but then you've just let it wither? You haven't put any energy into reading the Bible or speaking to other Christians or spending time in prayer, and it's just withered away. Or maybe you've responded to Jesus, but then your friends or even your family mock you about your faith. And so you find it hard to continue as a Christian. And so you've just let your faith slip. Or have you responded and then life's got a bit hard? You become burdened with concerns about money, troubles in the world, troubles in your life. And these concerns have drowned out the word of God in your life. Jesus wants us to respond like good soil, to hear his word, to read the Bible, to be hungry, 
to, to create a good foundation which is like putting roots down and to continue to walk with God. So this simple little parable is quite confronting and the next two parables do the same. Matthew 4, 21 to 22 says, Do you bring a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into the open. I've often heard that the lamp here is referring to us that we are to shine our light, that we are to share our faith in God. And that's because people see a parallel with Matthew, Matthew 5, 14 to 16, when Jesus tells us to shine our light so that we can glorify God. But the second half of this parable, it speaks to something quite different because it says whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And it points to something a bit different about what Jesus is saying in here because Jesus also said that he is the light of the world and he will expose the darkness. And Paul refers to this in 1 Corinthians 4, 5 where he says, Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. There will be a time when Jesus comes and we can't hide anything from God. God is shining his light over everything, even into the deep motives of our heart. Now, we may think that God is irrelevant to us. We may think that God is not at work in the world, but that doesn't change the truth that God sees all. Which brings us to the, to the next parable in this chapter, which is in Mark 4, 26 to 29, where he says, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seed on the ground... Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the full kernel on the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Now, when you plant a seed, you probably prepare the soil and then you, you cover it over and you water it and, and you... You nurture it. But that seed is under the ground and you can't see what's happening with that seed. And even though you can't see it, it's sprouting and it's beginning to grow. That is God at work, even when you don't see it. And this little parable is challenging us. God is at work. The seed has been planted. The word of God will come to a full harvest. And the harvest is a time of reckoning. Now, we don't talk about this much today, but there is a day of judgment coming. There is a time where we will stand before God and be held account for what we've done in our lives. And I think that's a pretty scary thing. But 
God has not set us up to fail. He doesn't want us to fail. He wants us to do well on that day of judgment. And so he sent Jesus. Jesus has given us the way to stand before God and to be found not wanting. We can do well on the day of judgment because Jesus died for us to blot out all our sins. And when we stand before God, God will see Jesus and not us. We will be covered by the blood of the Lamb. So we're not being set up to fail. It's the complete opposite. He is warning us of this time that is to come. And he's gone out of his way to bring the kingdom of heaven to us. Jesus left heaven was born as a baby, ministered to many while he was on earth, but now, and then gave his life for us so that now we can enter into the fullness of God, that relationship with Father God through Jesus. Jesus gives us the way to stand before God and be accepted by him. So these are three very simple little stories but they have a profound message, an eternal message. It's a forewarning for us. The word of God is being shared abundantly. God does not make it difficult for us to find him. And for our part, we need to respond with curiosity, with a hunger for his word, with wanting to spend time with him, to wanting to to use our lives to bring him glory. And Jesus is the light of the world and he will reveal all secrets. And even though we don't see it, the kingdom of God is like that sea growing to a full harvest, the day of reckoning. Jesus invites us into the kingdom of God. He is the way to eternal life, everlasting life with God. We can't be bystanders and be part of the kingdom of God. We can't enter on our own because we're stained with doing things our own way. We need help. We need someone to stand for us. We need someone to bring us back into relationship with God and that person is Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us the way to stand before you on the day of judgment and be found in Jesus Christ. Lord God, we pray that for those who don't know Jesus, Lord, that you will give us a heart for them, that we will want to share your word with them, and Lord, that they will be curious about who you are, what you've done, and what you will do for them, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that you open the eyes and the ears and the hearts of people around us to be hungry for you, to be hungry for your word, and most importantly, Lord, to accept you as Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and for what you've done. In your mighty name, amen.